minister to the Word of God to us. Amen. Let's give him a warm welcome. Hallelujah. And Carolyn. Praise the Lord. Not too many six-year-old white dudes can get off the floor like Pastor Ray. I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know. I like it. I like it. Praise God. Well, we're certainly delighted to be here. <laughs> Seriously, we love this family. And we love Pastor Ray and Carol so much. Uh, there's no l more loving, kinder, fun people that we know than your pastors. Hallelujah. So it's good to be here this morning. Uh, last night it started. Got a little download from the Lord about um, what we're to do, what we're to impart this morning. I don't think we're going to be that long, but um, I don't think you're too time conscious here, but you can only contain so much. So... Lord, we thank you for your wisdom this morning to impart what you've given us, done in such a way, Father, where everyone can receive it and contain it and walk away with it. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into all truth. We thank you now for utterance in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Jesus, be glorified. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, my wife saw a couple things, and I'm going to let her start. Praise the Lord. You know, um, just a little bit of history. About four years ago, we started praying together more regularly than we had before because of, because of, that's really more accurate, because he doesn't need a microphone. <laughs> because of... Um, the Daniel being home and, and having to take care of him and stuff. But when he went off to college, the Lord started having to spend more time together and praying. And um, I had always prayed that I would have in my prayer life the ability to pray like Father Nash did for Charles Finney and his gift. And um, so things started happening when we would go out into the to the ministry and ministering at churches and other nations and places we go and this incredible wisdom of god would come for the church that we went to the different places we went to about people we would see and um at first it seemed like it was so general right it was like general information or something that people would yeah but it was designed that word and ministry was for them because we constantly have seen what God wants to equip because we're given to equip and to help, right? Here's a word from the Lord. There's a wisdom that fits every man's spirit for where you're at. There's a wisdom that fits every local body for where they're at. When Jesus spoke to the churches of Revelation, there were similarities, but each message to each church was a bit different. Why? Because there was a wisdom that fit them where they were at. And so this is what we've seen in the last four years or so. 
God gives us a certain wisdom that fits the places and the people we go to. And we think sometimes it's so general that anybody could come up with this. But when we release it, it fits and people are blessed and edified and changed. And so uh, um, probably a couple years ago, um, he started telling me that the things that we would, I would get in prayer and speak out were like fueling his gift. And I said, and the Lord said, I had not called you to be Father Nash. I've called you to be Carolyn to help the apostle and the evangelist in him. And so I realized my part in helping was to help him. I don't know. It's, and it's not even something that I can explain, articulate well what goes on in the spirit. Okay, I'll yeah. try this one. Okay, thanks. Um, you know, the word apostle is really tossed so much around today. Uh, don't let that word just, the apostle is a sent one. All we are moving in now in our lives is we are sent. We're messengers of the Lord and we're sent to places, to people. Uh, we don't. We don't start churches. We don't build buildings. We don't have a systematic organization. We don't have a staff. <laughs> Listen, Smith Wigglesworth reached the whole world from a little small house in Bradford, England. Okay? We got this idea that apostles build buildings and have large organizations. Entrepreneurs do that. Okay? And, and they, some may do it in the kingdom, but for us, the Lord said, that's not your calling. Yeah. Your calling is to go as a messenger of mine and deliver what I give you. As a matter of fact, the Lord called me a doughboy. He said, you're my little doughboy. What is the doughboy without bread but a doughboy with nothing to give? I give you the bread. I bake the bread. I cook the bread. I deliver the bread. I give it to you. Deliver it to the people. It's so simple. So when she says apostle, a few years ago we stepped into that more operating more as sent ones in a different way than we had been in the past. You don't have a problem with that word, do you? No. They, okay. And I, I... But I wanted to explain to them. Right, right. No, I'm not speaking for their benefit. I'm speaking for the benefit of everybody. Here. Yes, okay. That it's important what God gives us to deliver, yes. even this morning. That's it's going to seem line. so general, yeah. but I'm telling you, it's going to fit. Yeah. All right? Because um, most of the time when we come, we don't talk to them about things going on. And actually, they didn't even share these things. This this is just what we're going by and what he's prayed out through us uh, starting yesterday when we started honing in on the service today. Okay? So um, in that, uh, the the way that um, the Lord usually does is it's, it's in a word of wisdom or knowledge, a word of knowledge for a situation. And so I only say that because, again, we step out in faith and we believe that when we move and we we share what's in our hearts, God confirms it. And so I started to see some things in the spirit when we were praying yesterday. And I saw, first of all, I saw someone that was under a heavy burden with finances 
and it was it was so so much so that I almost it was like the the pressure of the enemy was just like sitting on the chest and and causing like a heart to be like but you know better you know better than to get under that thing but the enemy is still come to kill still and destroy and so that what I saw though as as you would let it go that um, and cast your care upon him that the Lord would start to work a miracle in that situation so everybody bow your heads right now because um, nobody wants to I just want it to be the Lord right now if that is speaking to you I want you to raise your hand hallelujah okay hallelujah thank you father okay put your hands down now listen you can look up now again there's going to be activity released on your behalf as they surrender as you surrender to the lord there's going to be first of all uh, it says cast your care upon the lord for he cares for you you know i've been there before i remember different times the 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 pressure of having to believe god i mean i had no help from my family in following the Lord. They did not like what I was doing. They were against it. So I had no natural help with with anybody in my family. And even the ones who I thought would help me were my friends in the Lord. They didn't even help me. And I had to believe God myself. And there was times where it would start to, the, the pressure, but I've seen men lose heart because of finances. And, and but but I want you to know this. It's the devil has tried to stop what's ahead for you. And it's not going to succeed if you'll cast it on him and release it. Amen. Amen. And there's going to be angels released on your behalf for what he wants to do. So everybody, let's bow our heads again. Into break can su une maca u re idas tu ishtina meka be ita kure casta. And now I command every work of the enemy, all that he has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and to bring pressure is not going to succeed now, for they have acknowledged this. And therefore, they're going to cast their care. Let's everybody just cast your care upon him now. We cast our care upon you, Lord. We don't want it anymore. We don't take on this pressure anymore. We know how to believe you in faith. And so we're going to look to you. Even as Pastor Barry said yesterday, you have our backs. And so we're going to stand together right now on behalf of those who raise their hands and believe you for the miraculous move of God now in their finances, in the name of Jesus. And they shall not lose heart in this hour, but they will have faith and they will overcome because you showed it to us. It shall be so. And every need that needs to be met, every supply of the spirit, every person that needs to now help and aid in this, in the name of Jesus, we call for the help of heaven to come and aid in the name of Jesus to the glory of God.
Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes. Trust. You, hey, hallelujah. Trust. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust in this word. Believe it and receive it. And keep your praise strong towards it and in it. Hallelujah. So we give you praise, Lord. For when a word is spoken by the Spirit of the Lord in its time and season, there is a release and there is a God activity that goes out on your behalf. So believe even this hour that that activity has begun and even increased and that my angels and heaven is working on your behalf. So continue to trust me and keep your praise strong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I want to share. Why don't you sit there? Okay. Yeah. Please, God. I feel like I can call on you anytime because you're closer. Um, We know what it's like, as my wife said, to have financial pressure. Uh, Because first of all, being in ministry and fully devoted to the call of God on our lives There are restrictions and limitations that God has put on our lives. We cannot go out and get make money and get a job. We could if we had to, but that's not our primary calling. You understand what I'm saying? There are some ministers that seem to have the ability and the grace to almost do both. We've never been able to get entangled in in business and a job and making money. And and ministering effectively, we've never been able to do both because what we do requires a separation to the word and prayer that often when you work full-time jobs, it's very difficult. we got pastor friends. My heroes today are not only martyrs. I've always honored the martyrs of Jesus Christ. But my secondary heroes are pastors who work full-time jobs while pastoring. And I know Pastor Ray and Carol have had to do that and still are doing that. But when I see what they go through, because we travel to other places, we go a lot to smaller churches where pastors are still having to work. And it's like, man, they come on Sunday morning and and you can sometimes see it on them. They're tired from the week's work. And they have to get in the spirit and hear God and feed the people. And it's just, you know, it's a lot. So the Lord separated us. And we've always had things that would come to us opportunities for making money and we've had to say no to it you know i'm talking about multi-level marketing and these kind of things every time we try to do that it just doesn't work for us and the lord finally gave me gave us a word reminded us of a word he had given us when we first started preaching he said i've separated you as i separated the levites in the old testament the levites were the lord said of the levites That he was their portion. They couldn't have land and animals and cattle and everything that represented riches. They they were required to have none of it. It was only when they were done with the priesthood that that they were supplied from Israel, I guess. Um, But they were separated unto the Lord. And so the Lord reminded me of that. But, you know, how many many know it's still, there's still a challenge in walking by faith. And um, when we came off of the mission field years ago, that's when we met your pastors. When we first went to the mission field in 1987, we met them. And 
about nine, ten years later, the Lord sent us back to America. We didn't, we didn't understand it all at that time because we were very happy, very fulfilled on the mission field. So fruitful. They can tell you because they pastor witnessed it. Um, when we came back, it was a greater step to come back to America than it was being on the mission field. Immediately, our support was cut in almost half. Because people are like, well, you're not on the mission field anymore, so we're going you know, to support you maybe for another year, and then we're going to cut it back. Some people just cut it, didn't even give us a year, a year advance notice. They just cut it. And it was like, okay, we need more to live on on this side than we did in Africa, and we have less. Yeah. <laughs> and we were in a bind. It was just like I was so tight with our finances because we don't have it. When we came off the mission field, we lived in a one bedroom little studio apartment we had daniel daniel was a baby then we rented it and that's how we lived for the first couple years and we didn't have a lot of meetings and it was just tough you know you get how many know when you're in the situation like that financially you're especially i think it's more true with men because we're we're so logical and i was trying to figure out how we're going to make it you know i was i was trying to figure out i'm gonna have to god sent me back here to get a job I couldn't, I couldn't, my head was like, this makes no sense. We must have missed God because we don't have enough to live here. But God, we know that God sent us here because he spoke to us supernaturally. Dreams, visions, confirmed everything because we were not going to make a move like that without confirmation and being sure. You know, you don't make that kind of move unless you're sure God's speaking to you. And I remember that first couple years was just so tough. And, and. You know, I, I had the checkbook, and I would not let Carolyn have any of the part of the checkbook. It's like, you are a spender. I am a saver. I'm hanging on to this. <laughs> and we were in a meeting. Mark Brzee, who was at that time doing Holy Ghost meetings. And I remember I was in that meeting, and he was praying for people at the end of the meeting, just laying hands on lot of liberty. There was a lot of liberty in that meeting. Well, the Lord just led me to go and follow him. What do you mean follow him? I got in the prayer line with him. My head was saying, what are you doing? It's protocol, man. This is such, have you ever heard of such a thing as protocol? You don't just go up there and follow the minister. Well, something on the inside of me told me I should and it'd be okay. So I just, I just got up there with him and I was just, I was just kind of with him. Like he was going down the line and I was just, I was just like this just watching him. And all of a sudden, I started to feel like a little tipsy. Like, wow, I'm feeling really good right now. Being with this man, just being next to him. All of a sudden, you know, he's laying hands on people. And I'm just like, you know, I'm watching his hand. You know, sometimes he'd do this, you know, he'd go like this to people. And I'm like, and I'm just like, and this is what people started to do, what they're doing right now, laughing. People in the congregation noticed that I was like, man, Bert's getting kind of drunk. Look at him up there. And what God was doing, and it gets better, he started making me a spectacle. He used me to cut forth, release laughter in the congregation. People started laughing, and I realized they're laughing at me, but I didn't care. See, I was, I was drunk enough that I could have cared less if they were... The Lord was making a spectacle of me, and I knew. I knew what he was doing. And it gets better because the more I walked with him in the healing line or the prayer line, I was just like, and then all of a sudden, he's over there, and I'm over here. And I'm not kidding you. 
If it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have believed it. Someone, I know it was an angel of the Lord today, someone hit my ankle and twisted it like this. I'm not kidding. And I'm walking around like this. And all of a sudden, I'm doing like Otis. Remember Otis? Those of you that are old enough on Andy Griffith? He go. I'm walking around the front of the building. Everybody is rolling. People are on the floor. People are in the aisle laughing. And I realize, God, you have a great sense of humor. You are making a spectacle out of me. Because that wasn't even my nature. You know, back then I was even more reserved. And I just, I just didn't do stuff like that. And I'm going... <sighs> and after minutes, I don't know how long it was, I fell on the floor in front of the... There was a minister sitting here. I just rolled on the floor. Half of me is under the seat. And I'm just playing there. Okay, you say, what's the purpose of all this? Listen to the wisdom of God. All that time... In my spirit, the word I keep hearing is liberality. Liberality. (laughs) I can tell he's been there. (laughs) And on the inside of me, the Lord starts speaking that word, liberality. Because I had been so tight up to that time. Just there was a stinginess and a tightness. Because when you don't have money, you want to hang on to what you have, right? (laughs) And the Lord said, I want you to give the checkbook to Carolyn. Yeah, she's going to praise God. (laughs) Release the finances to her. And I don't want you to think about money anymore because I'm going to take care of you. And that was it. And you know, how many know you get a word like that, but the next day when you get up and you're not drunk anymore in the spirit, your mind kicks in again. Wait a minute, I, I better go b- get that checkbook back. You know, there are, you hear, you receive impartations here and you hear the word of the Lord, but to walk it out then, see, you got to stay in the spirit. You got to keep trusting the Lord. You got to keep getting this thing out of the way, you know, keep it out <laughs> and keep praising, keep your praise strong in the Lord and trust him that he has spoken to you. Trust in the word of the Lord, not the word of your little logic that's trying to tell you what to do. How many were here and heard Barry Ross's testimony yesterday? I mean, do you talk about, you know, the mind, the head, you know, the wrestling that went on, you know, when he was obeying the Lord and, and what came out of it? I mean, 5,000 souls called the television station to get to receive Jesus Christ from a church. Again, that's about as small as, you know, as far as numbers, great in heart like you are, but it's a small church. And they were on tele- they were they were on television because of a man, an Italian mafia guy that got saved in the church from an altar call that Pastor Barry didn't even want to give because he didn't think there was any unsafe people there. See, you've got to pay attention to the wisdom of the Lord. Because often it's just opposite, contrary to the wisdom of man and what we would do. Amen? So there was a word in our hearts this morning about undoing the choking. Because there's a choking. And by the way, there was about three people that raised their hands on that word of knowledge that had been feeling that financial pressure. We have two very dear friends that are now in heaven 
they lost their lives because one of the huge reasons was financial pressure. Wow. And you know, you know both of them well. Finances had a lot to do with it. Amen. Either the pressure of it, the deceitfulness of it. Money, money can work on a man and really set him back. And, and so the, the, the wisdom of the Lord is to continually cast your care on the Lord regarding finances. And trust him and obey him. Amen. Amen. But, um. For ye eyes who canama bombelebo ombristi for orste enema efrocoma ani a no sikemaha. No, you've been so weighed down and so heavy with care that it's affecting every bit and every part of your life. I don't want you to be heavy with care and concern anymore. Istone a forema kita. Bote ita ka ha ha sa ha ha deke and so mikibra mahalekada. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of your praise and in the power of your words. Discern and know that as you give me praise, I will break those chains and that heaviness off of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. No more chains. No more chains. No more bondage. No more choking the life of God and the wisdom and freedom of the Lord from our lives. No more. We rise up in praise and we rise up in faith and we rise up and we trust the Lord. We trust the Lord. Where there seems to be no way, we trust in the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. You are the God of the impossible. And we put all our trust in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory to God. And glory to God. Glory to God. And so I see now in my spirit angels released on your behalf to go forth now and cause a correction and a, and a, a, a turning around of that which it has been. And so now they're helping and aiding in that which has gone amiss. Yes, so keep your eyes open and keep your ears open to receive even further counsel and instruction from the Lord. For in that counsel and in that instruction will be a release, more of a release even of my activity on your behalf. For the wisdom of the Lord... Working in you and through you, it'll be even as Jesus, when he said, whatever the Father, whatever I see the Father do, and whatever I hear him say is what I do and say. Even so, keep your eyes and ears open so that the wisdom of the Lord can continue to be spoken to you. Hallelujah. 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 Where'd Carrie go? 
Okay, she's supposed to be out here because I have something for her. Yes. Does she need to be here? Yes, yeah, she does. Hallelujah. 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 There's always a wisdom. When I said it earlier, there, there's always a wisdom that fits every person in every situation. And that's why I've learned to appreciate and actually covet God's wisdom. What does the proverb say? The writer said that wisdom is the principal thing. And, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So wisdom and understanding is so important. Go ahead. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, um, when you were standing up there ministering this morning, I just felt so much activity for you from the Lord. And because of your alignment with heaven and where you're at in your heart now, the things that he's spoken to you and the things he's called you to are going to still come to pass. You did not. It's not aborted what he spoke to you, even from a small child. So put your faith and put your trust back in those things and the things that he's spoken to you, the things that were you wrote down too, for I see something you wrote down and he spoke to you. Those things, he's aligning heaven now with that because of the alignment you made with him. And so can we just stretch forth our hands now? We just agree with you, Father. <laughs> There's a lot of activity, and I felt the joy of heaven and the Father's heart for, for you from him. And so, Father, I thank you that angels are released on her behalf for the call of God on her life. And the things that you have spoken and declared to her, the utterance that have been prophesied through the years, now come in alignment with the Spirit of God and with her life and even the things she so desires to come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I see those things and I agree with you and we agree with you for the working of them now. In Jesus' name. Whew. Things have been fuzzy for a while. Think the understanding of the Lord has been fuzzy. But it's going to become clearer now. And you're going to know more. And even as he's been, even the witness that you've had in some things and maybe relationships. And you're starting to hear clearer now. So trust that. Because it's going to get louder. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's such a restorer, isn't he? I love the grace and the mercy of God. Hallelujah. 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 How many know in the Lord you can always start over? You can always begin again. His mercies are new every morning. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your redeeming power and your redeeming mercy and your restoration that any one of us can start over. When we miss it, when we've gone awry, we can start over. We can begin again because your mercies are new every day. Every day. Glory be to God. Bless you. Bless you, Carrie. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so important that you have the wisdom of God for your situations, yeah. for your family, from all that, for, for all that God's made you a steward of. It's so important to have his wisdom and walk in his wisdom. And his wisdom, it's profound, but sometimes it's so simple. You know, uh, a few years ago, I was having another one of these financial challenges but it had to do a lot with ministry because about exactly five years ago this month, I was at a pastor's retreat that I go to every year. Our home church, our home pastor has a, a prayer retreat where other pastors come. About 15, 18 of us go every year. And I didn't want to go this particular year, January 2012, because I wasn't in a good way. I mean, I just was very discouraged. I had hit rock bottom. Everywhere I turned for ministry was a dead end. I was really doing so many, so many mental gymnastics because I just didn't know what I was going to do. I was really considering getting a job. And not, not that there's anything wrong with that, please. You know, I mean, you know, but, but we had been in ministry for 25 years, and that's all we knew how to do, basically. I mean, I got, a high, I got a college degree in business, but then I got saved, and that degree went to, went to pot. I mean, I never, I never used it, you know. And so we've been in ministry ever since. And, um, I mean, I took a notepad with me to this retreat, and I purposed to spend some time alone instead of, you know, just fell, I love to fellowship with the other ministers, but I wanted to be alone too. And I wrote down on this notepad all my complaints how many know that's okay? Remember Hannah, when, when she poured out her complaint before the Lord in the Old Testament, she was barren, she didn't have a child. It's okay to pour out, it, it's not okay to complain, you know, about things, but it's okay to pour out your complaints to the Lord. That's between you and Him, and that's what I did, and I was writing down all my complaints. You know, money's not enough. Ministry's not fruitful. This is not happening. This is a dead end. If I do this, dead end. If I do this, dead end. I can't see. The only thing I see is maybe going back to the mission field. And I know that's not what you've graced me to do in this time. You brought me from the mission field. I don't have anything in my heart about going back. And so I'm going through this. Over a process of time, you know how it is when you pray, when you're in your closet, when you're alone with the Lord. You get quiet enough, sometimes you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying in the Spirit, you're listening, you're meditating on a scripture or something. And all of a sudden you get quiet enough. And that's when the Lord, He said, what, did I t- what was the last thing I told you to do? What was the last thing you told me to do? I had to really think. But I knew the Lord knew the answer to that. I mean, he's not looking for revelation from you. He knows. He knows what it was. He's just looking for a cooperation with you to get you out of the mess that you're in. Well, I thought a little while and I thought 2002. This is 2012 now, going back 10 years. He said to me, he spoke to me about writing. He said, writing is your life's greatest work. And at that time, I had written one book wasn't that successful and I was just like writing I'm not on TV I'm not a mega pastor I don't I'm a nobody I don't have a platform who's gonna buy my book but see in 2002 there wasn't even the internet that we have today the social media none of that and I had to go back to my prayer journal where he said from your home base my word is gonna go out from you to the nations it's gonna go by computer it shall go forth and I was just like how's that gonna happen 
I, I didn't understand it. So I just said, you know what? I had too much pizza to eat. That wasn't, that wasn't God. And I left it alone. And still I had that urge all those years to write. So I, I'd written, played around, write, you know, partially written manuscripts and different things that were in my heart. And when I got serious, I said, okay, Lord, this is 2012. I said, I thought about that. And I said, all right, I'll tell you what, Lord. I'll tell you what. Not only is it okay to, to pour out your complaints before the Lord, but you can make a deal with Him. You can negotiate with Him because... Donald does. Don, <laughs> Donald does. Um, you can... Because you have... He's your Father. But there's also a working relationship. At least I have that with the Lord. A working relationship that I have with Him. And I said, Lord, I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal with you. For the next five years... Because I heard a, a minister one time in a conference talk about how give the vision five years. You know, whatever God's put in your heart. So I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give you five years. If I don't see, I'm going to write. And I didn't like traveling either. That's another complaint that I had. The traveling ministry, I felt like, Lord, I always feel like a beggar having to call churches for meetings. I don't like doing that. If you're calling me, you open the door. Let invitations come in. So that was another one of my complaints. So I'm complaining about money, ministry, life. I mean, just everything. And the Lord said, what was the last thing I told you to do? Well, the writing thing kicked in. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll tell you what. I'm going to write and I'm going to travel. I'm going to write and travel. You've called me to travel. You've called me to write. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you five years. If I don't see reasonable progress in five years... If I don't see fruit and increase every year, I expect to see some increase. If I don't see that, I'm done. I'm going back and get a job. And I was serious. He knew I was serious. Well, guess what? A month after I prayed that prayer, a young man comes up to me and says, Brother Bert, you know, do you have books that you need to, to write? I know you're a good writer. I read some of your stuff. And he said, I will, I will uh, format your books and, and get, them, get them published. I said, what do you mean get them published? This guy's a... He's a young man that's got a little young family. He doesn't make a lot of money. And it's like, you're going to do this? How do you do this? He explained to me how he does. He's got a little business on the side, a little publishing thing on the side that he does. And I said, okay. And he said, I won't even charge you. And I said, really? Okay. No, I won't even. Okay. I won't even. Uh, let, let, me, let me pray about it. Okay, you got it. <laughs> I love it. And so he starts, you know, formatting what I had already. See, I had already written some stuff. And putting it into, 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 you know, publishing it and all that. And God gave us help to edit the book. And, you know, he, he knows how to put covers on. He, he did it all. All I did was write, send, send the manuscript to him, and he formatted it. And then they would send me a proof, and I would proof it one last time. I'd say, okay, let it go to print. So that was five years ago. Here we are now, five years later. Let me tell you what happened. After that, I mean, we're just putting them out one after another. It's like... One or two every year. One or two books every year because I already had a bunch written. I just had to work on it, refine it, add to it. And then Charisma. Two years later, Charisma gets a hold of me and, and wanted me to have a blog on their magazine. Well, I thought, you know, Charisma, I just thought, oh, that's a nice magazine. You know, when I first got that, I was like, okay, you know, that's nice. Not knowing that Charisma is the largest Christian magazine. I didn't know this till a year later after I'd been writing. 
that they have now 4 million subscribers to Charisma. So I'm like, wow, Lord, this is like more than my books. This is like the articles I write are like going to 4 million people have an opportunity to see them. I know 4 million people have not read my books, not even, you know, 400, you know, half of that or a, a, tenth, a tithe of that has read our books. So I was like, wow, that was a really big open door. Yeah. See, Carolyn had got this in prayer. That's another thing that started to happen is we started praying together and, and wisdom, more wisdom started coming forth from her vessel. God said, you, you, you know, I'm going to open two doors for you. Well, charisma was a huge open door. Another year goes by. We're on the third year now. Sid Roth reads one of my charisma articles and gets a hold of me and asks me to be on his program. And I'm like, let me pray about it. Yes. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this as God is initiating this stuff now. I'm not chasing ministry. I'm not chasing fruit. I'm not chasing anything anymore. All I'm doing is obeying the call to write. See, when God gives you a word, you don't have to bring his word to pass. He can bring his own word to pass. Take your hands off his word. Just believe it and obey it, and he's able to bring it to pass. So all I was doing was writing. And I, I get great joy out of writing, so it wasn't. A big sacrifice to me. It's like, man, I love to write. So I just keep writing. And you know what? He got a hold of an article. He asked me to be on his show. We, 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 we saw a spike in our book sales. Invitations came out of that. Wow. You know, my, one of my biggest complaints, Lord, I don't want to call pastors all the time. And I feel like a beggar. You know, get begging for meetings. I, at my, t- you know, my stage of life in ministry, I shouldn't have to do that. Amen. Well, I've had to do a lot less of it now because, you know, the articles and the books are getting out. We've gotten calls from Oregon, from Tennessee, from Texas, people that either read a book of ours or read an article or read a blog because we got a personal blog. So what is it? All of the fruit of our lives in ministry was attached to one simple word, write. Writing is your life's greatest work. So write. And when I obeyed that word, even though I negotiated with the Lord and said I'll give him five years, at the end of five years, at the end of five years, right at the end. See, the Lord knows how to, like, put the icing on the cake. He's getting me on television now permanently to the Arab world. That was still in the five-year period. So when I got to January of this year, Lord, it worked out so good. I want to make another five-year deal with you. <laughs> but, boy, I'll tell you, my frame of mind is so much different than it was five years ago. See, now there's a confidence and a trust in the Lord. All I have to do is listen and obey. What we told our son every single day of his young life, listen and obey. Listen and obey. (laughs) It really, really is that simple. Listen and obey. Somebody asked Young Ki Cho, you know what? You've got the largest church in the world. You know, Dr. David Young Ki Cho, the old man now in South Korea. What is your secret? You've built a church of almost a million people. It is amazing what you've done. What is your secret? And he said, oh, I pray and I obey. They're like, that's it. I mean, we want a conference. We want, we want more. I mean, what, what books have you written on it? No, I pray, I obey. And really, that sounds too simple for us. But 
the word of the Lord, you obeying God's wisdom is what causes activity, divine activity on your behalf. I mean, we could stand up here all day and so could Pastor Ray and Carol and tell you, you know, going to Bible school was a big step. It opened up so many things. Going to Africa, another big step that came by the word of the Lord that opened up so many things. And all the time, it wasn't an audible voice. It was a lot of it was just an inward witness, a peace. I know I'm supposed to do this. Yeah, peace is the umpire. Do you want to share anything more? No, I just wanted to add that. Hallelujah. So here's 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 a scripture the Lord gave us. And we're going to come in for a landing here soon. I see the runway out there in front of me. Go, go, go to Psalms 126. Yeah. Hallelujah. No, I said, what did I say? 126. So what's the Lord saying in all this? Let's sum this up. He's saying, get free of your cares and your burdens. Begin to trust the Lord again and keep your praise strong. And then listen for his wisdom that applies to any situation you're in. Because there's a wisdom that fits the spirit of every man. You know, how many of you know when you're sitting in a, in a meeting or a conference and, 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 and the, the, the minister is ministering and people are going, Wow, wow, that's so good, that's so good, that's so good. And I'm like, what's so great about it? It's not, it's not a real rhema word to me like it is to them. What is, because it fits their situation better than it fits mine. So that's what I'm, I, I mean about there's, there's a wisdom that fits every, the spirit of, of man, and there's a wisdom that fits every situation in our lives. So the Lord wants us to be the highlight this morning. And last night when we prayed, was on the freedom. God wanted you to be just free of heavy care and heavy concern about anything. That's the first step. You know, Philippians 4, when God says, do not be anxious about anything. He said that before you even enter into prayer and make your requests known unto God. Is that, in other words, the rest of the verses don't work unless you do the first part, which is Casting your care, your anxiety, your worries on him. This is one thing that defeats people all the time. They'll cast their care on the Lord and then they'll take it back. And they, 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 they nullify their own requests by doing that. They nullify their own prayers. They nullify the wisdom of God. Right. You know, can I just share this? Absolutely. This is the wisdom the Lord gave me years ago as a Bible student. Because I always fight in my mind really what's going on or what he's told me and where I'm at. And he said, um, when you receive a word from me and uh, the spirit moves and, and Carolyn, um, you, uh, you receive it. When the doubts start to come later on the next day, the next week, and it, it's not changing the situation, it doesn't look like it's changed. He said, instead of going and agreeing with your mind, first of all, you should cast down that vain imagination because it exalts itself above, above the knowledge of God. But he said, if you can't say anything in agreement with what the Lord has said, start praising me. And it's a force that works yeah. on your behalf. And if you'll do that, 
instead of agreeing with the mind that wants to take you in the, the what you were before and the cares before, he said, praise me, and I will work on your behalf. And so I just want you to, I could tell you testimonies about that, but you don't need to know that. You just need to, when, when things come contrary after this meeting and, and you hear a voice or a phone call, and you hang up and you say, praise God. If you can speak the word, go ahead and speak it. Because that's, that's strong, but there's times where the battle is so fierce in our minds. And we just, we all we have to do is let out the praise. Even if it's just a little bit, it'll get stronger in you. But it's a force to not be reckoned with. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. I love it. Amen. Psalm 126. <clears throat> this, uh, these scriptures here don't seem to go with this message but it does this is what the Lord put in our hearts too when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion when you're bound by worry anxiety burdens do you know that's a form of captivity probably stronger than stronger than any other thing because finances without money we there's not much we can do you know our bills don't get paid it's it's such a discouragement so when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, the, the, the Israelites had been in, in captivity for 70 years now in, in Egypt. So they, they, and you know, they were slaves, okay? So their captivity wasn't just financially, but they were slaves. When we were like those who dream. In other words, when we were delivered from our captivity, it was like a pleasant dream. Was hard. In other words, it was hard to believe. We felt like we were dreaming when we came out from slavery, when we came out from the Egyptian bondage. It was like, wow. And what happened? Then our mouth was filled with laughter when they realized we are really free. Their mouths were filled with laughter and their tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, now the other nations are saying this, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. And then it talks about how um, the streams, it talks about in verse 4, bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. What is he saying there? Well, they were in a desert. When a person has been in the desert for 70 years. And then, the, and then they see the streams flowing in their land. And they get to drink. It's, it's like there's, there's a, a refreshing. My Bible says here on the, in the notes, in the side notes. He said, these three metaphors are used to express the overwhelming joy of coming home. The Israelites were going home. A pleasant dream was one of the metaphors. The refreshing water of streams in the southern desert area. It's another metaphor. And harvest time festivities that we see here in verse 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In other words, the third metaphor here is the harvest time festivities. There was a festive time because the farmers brought in their crops. So, Their deliverance from their captivity, their newfound freedom was like a pleasant dream. 
It was like streams in a dry desert. And it was like harvest time festivities. That's why it caused laughter and singing. Hallelujah. How many know when I got to the end of my fifth year of making that deal with the Lord, there was a lot of laughter and singing and rejoicing because the Lord had more than met His end of the bargain. He'd more than met His end of the deal. Hallelujah. The Lord did great things for me. Hallelujah. And He's doing great things for you. You may not see it yet in its fullness, but there's a time that, that, that you're going to see it. I mean, he's already done great things for you. First of all, you're not going to hell. Hallelujah. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're already on your way home. Hallelujah. We can rejoice about that even when our finances are giving us a fit. Hallelujah. Or lack of finances. So the Lord just wanted you to be encouraged and be refreshed this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just like it took God to get me drunk in the spirit that, during that Mark Brzee meeting. Uh, he had to get me drunk to say what he needed to say to me. To get me in a position where I was even listening because I was doing mental gymnastics. What am I going to do? It was the devil. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? You gave up your mission field uh, uh, ministry. What are you going to do now? There's no money. What are you going to do now? You got no meetings. What are you going to do now? What are you gonna, you're nobody. You're nothing. You're going to go back to work. You're going to work a job. And then, when that when those voices are putting so much pressure sometimes you got to praise God other times you're just going to say shut up I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to praise God I'm going to praise God today I'm going to praise God tomorrow I'm going to praise God in the morning I'm going to praise God in the noontime I'm going to praise God when the sun goes down I'm going to praise God on Monday I'm going to praise God on Tuesday I'm going to praise God on Wednesday Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday I'm going to praise God I'm going to praise God let's stand up and praise God hallelujah what we're going to do. We're going to praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. For the Lord does all things well. The Lord does all things well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a release of divine activity on the behalf of this great people and this congregation and every member in this body. Thank you, Lord, for a release of divine wisdom and divine activity and a newfound liberty and freedom and refreshing. For you are concerned about everything that we're concerned about and you said you would perfect Everything that concerns us. You are the perfecter. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And we put all of our trust in you. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking always unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we keep our eyes on the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. I just want I just want to say thank you um, for always taking such good care of us. Lisa and Albert are such so gracious hosts. They let us just be who we are in their house and 
We always take, we're always well loved here. Thank you so much that you allow us to be who we are in the spirit. Ha ha ha. something for you. I got, hold on, hold on. Glory, 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 hold glory, on a glory, glory. There's a new wisdom coming for you. For there is already a moving of the Spirit. Even you've told us among the young people, and we've witnessed it. And there's a new wisdom coming for them. There's a new wisdom coming, and I'll tell you what to do, and how to do it, and how to proceed. For yes, you have aligned some things recently, even in your own heart, in your own life, in ministry. And because of that alignment, there is a new wisdom and a new grace coming to you. So you too keep your praise strong and know that I'm moving on your behalf even now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory. I receive that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ha ha ha! Yes, Jesus! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, Carol Annie. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember that scripture Jesus. so well in Psalm 126 because many of us yeah. went up to Toronto. It was filled with ministers. Yeah. Filled with ministers. And they were at a place where they were so hopeless. Very, very, dry, very dried dry. Up. Dry bones. Ready to quit the ministry. And they came from Japan. They came from, we told you guys the this. There were, there was, we met a Japanese couple that were on the bus with us, a shuttle. And um, I think it was, I don't remember. Yeah. We walked out of there drunk in the spirit so much. We walked in there drunk in the spirit. As soon as you entered the, the area. And when Toronto first, when that whole outpouring started <laughs> in Toronto, they were still in their little church. So when it seemed like with our, uh, my husband and I, whenever God started to do something, we were right in on the beginning. Yeah. You know, so many whenever things. God wanted us to help a ministry to get started or whatever, we were right there in on the beginning <laughs> of it. And then we were moved on. That's part of you know? what he's called and us to do. And that's what he's called us to do in the pioneering. Yeah. You know, so when we were there, it was like we started talking to all these ministers and it was like, you know, they felt like they were in heaven. Heaven was coming down on them. They were laughing at situations that... It wasn't laughter before. It yeah. was so hard. It was Absolutely. tears. It was heartache. Some were having heart, ch- chest pains, all that stuff that they were going through because of the stress of the ministry and everything. And so we would look at each other like we didn't have a care in the world. And it was like we would walk out of there so drunk in the spirit. We literally picked up people and just put them in the back of station wagons and different things and closed the door, vans and stuff. And they're back there rolling around and everything. And so it was like the Holy Spirit was intoxicating us to numb us, to numb us from all the cares of the world. And that's what was going on. We were being numbed so we could get refreshed. So that we could take on what God, and then he was downloading in us exactly what he wanted us to do, you know. And I'll tell you, even in the move of God, you think people would run to it? People didn't run to it. They didn't run to it. In fact, we, more, we saw more people exit. Listen, run out of the building. 
then run in the building because God was doing strange things, but his ways are higher than our ways. Yeah, Isaiah 55. Because, you know, it's like what he did with with Brother Burt and what he did with us. Listen, I was still so opinionated. He had to pick me up. That's what I didn't finish it. Pick me up in a row. I was sitting in the third row. He literally picked me up. I came under the shaking because the power of God picked me up and threw me three rows back midair, and nobody was involved. It looked in like it. somebody and took a sawed-off shotgun at point blank range and shot her in the crashed chair. into chairs, and not one bit of it was I ever ever hurt. But God's like saying, "Get well, rid I'm of her your... husband and her protector." And, and I mean, who does God really think he is? God do something like you that. You know what God's saying? Get rid of your image. Stop trying to put the front, the cover-up, the mask, everything, the religious stuff. Get it off because if you keep that on, he can't talk to you. You can't hear him. And you're trying to fit in an image that is not you. God wants us just to be us, you know. And I know for us, I was one of the ones to raise. Can I? I'm not going to go into detail, but I raised my hand. We're under a very financial <laughs> stress here in the church. <laughs> we got to raise $81,000 in a year to pay off one of the loans. And my husband, it's paid in Jesus' name. And he would never tell the people, never tell you, because he never wanted to put yeah. a burden on you. Yeah, because we just and it's found like, out. And when I heard it, I'm telling you, I came under <laughs> such a deep, like, heartache. Yeah, you did. Because you kept so much from me. And I was like, oh, my God. And this was just like this week, last week? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're laughing. No, I wasn't laughing. No, 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 and how it's all going to work out is in God. Because God works, God, God will work it out. But you know, the, the choking, like you were saying, the choking, I, I want to vouch for that too because it's like, you know, you don't be stingy. And I'm not saying this because of what was going on. That's why we don't tell you guys a lot of stuff <laughs> because we don't want to put burdens on you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it, but the thing is, and so I'm not saying that, but if you're stingy, if you're a stingy person, you're being choked. Yeah. It really is. You're being choked in, in what God wants to get through you so God can multiply to you. Well, the key you word there is not just the word liberality. It's the spirit it's of spirit liberality. Li- Listen, yeah. t- trust me, we don't want to work. We don't want to work. Well, well, that doesn't sound you know? right. <laughs> we don't want to work in We want to work the ministry. There's so much. My heart just goes over and bur- is just flowing with vision and and, and 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 things. And it's like, but we're limited in developing it. Limited in time. Limited. It limits you in what you can do. But that's all, that's, that's changed. That was the past. But this is what I wanted to say. Because, <laughs> Bert, when you said it seemed like we were dreaming. And I can't tell you, this, this psalm here, I can't tell you, gosh, you can sit. How many pastors lost their dream? Yeah. Lost their vision. Lost the heart of it. It became so heavy to serve God. 
and that's why they wanted to quit. Many, many churches. That's why we were Even with larger congregations, they were so dried up because there was no move of God. No move. It was almost like from Malachi to Matthew. Yeah. A year, just 400 years of silence. Holy laughter is a good thing. Yeah. Being drunk in the spirit is a good thing. And it's free. Smell on the cork <laughs> when it pops. Man, what that just, that cork pops and I can smell it and I'm gone. You know? <laughs> That's the way I am. Because I've learned this from Brother Joe. I've learned this. When the cork, when God pops the cork and he wants joy, supernatural joy, joy unspeakable to be poured out in the congregation. Mm-hmm. It's because we probably all need to be medicated because we're carrying too much. You know? And that is got, the truth. I got verses because, for that. Because when that happens, I can't tell you how many times God speaks to me. And I can smell, I can smell the Holy Ghost wine <laughs> when it's poured out. And it's like, Nobody has to tell me. It's there. I just yield to it. I promise you, it's and, not 4%. And I've learned it's 100% this. 100% Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit is serving his wine, <laughs> it's very rude not to drink it. Because man can't make this up. Only God can. And it's very rude not to drink from God's cup Whoa. and what he's giving. Yeah. And we can either sit back, and that's why I just go for it, man, because that's what happened. That's why he had to throw me all around so many times. He knocked me off the chairs. I was so dignified in my word of faith pose. <laughs> and, I, and that's how I became. I thought that's how I should be, a minister, you know, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he just thought, Carol, this is not you. You're crazy. You're wild. You're risky. You like to have fun. You are who I made you to be. You know, jump out of planes. Go do this. Go do that. Whatever you want to do, Carol. I w- I'm going to be there with you. You know, and I'll have your back. Say say words the way you do. They're backwards and everything else and all that. You know. And so I'm going to remove the fear of man from you. How they see you. How they look at you. You know. Just be who I've created you to be. So That's with me, you. if you want to be like me and stay stuffy like that, well, then let him pick you up and throw you in the air because he will. And that's why I said I'll never say that he's a gentleman because he's not a man. When he wants to be gentle, Holy Spirit, he's gentle. But when he wants to be powerful, he's powerful. Oh, yeah. He, glory he God. is God Almighty. Holy oh, Ghost is. And so here we, here we are, and I, I'm not going to go on, but it says, Then our mouths were filled with laughter, and our tongues with singing. Yeah. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. And, but the first verse... That's the says, testimony that, of those looking on at the church. Yeah. But the first verse, when it says, When the Lord brought back the captives... So many of us were in captivity. And you know what? When he said they're ch- the church, it can, it can be choked. Yeah. And, you know, and I've seen a lot of these. You're, you're choking, you know. We've seen this. You're choking. There's no joy. There's no laughter. There's no freedom in the spirit because of all the cares of the world. Amen. You know, let's get rid of the cares. Let's let God Cast give the wisdom. Care. Let's let God give the wisdom in every situation to, to and, and believe God. Look, some of us, we need miracles. Yeah. We need miracles. Remember, we need miracles. And the miracles are coming. 
the miracles are coming. Praise God. You know what? God sees. And you might feel like this. I'm going to speak this to some of you that are feeling this. That you're not worthy enough to receive the miracle. You might say, oh, no, Carol, I, I know I am. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, it's true. No, you don't. Because under it, you don't see yourself worthy in his eyes. But you are. He sees everything and knows everything about you, just like he did with Father Nash and all these wonderful people that were mightily used of God. And he does, and he wants to bring the miracles. You just have to trust him. So yesterday, when I was saying in the conference, dream big and speak big. A lot of people can't dream big because you look at your limitations. And that's what goes on. But listen, I'm telling you something. If you want to live in that limitation, then you're only going to live in the limitation of your experience with God. And there's so much to experience. Dream big. Dream big. And then speak big. Speak big. And like Carolyn was saying... When it comes to try to choke out that big dream, start praising big. Speak big. Praise strong. Speak big. Mm -hmm. Praise big. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Bert and Carolyn. We love you guys. It's always a joy. Yeah, let's thank the Lord for for his gift in you and for sharing. And just sharing from the heart. That message was right from God. For this time. It was a Cairo's word. Amen. Please stand. Lisa, you don't have to. <laughs> What's that, Gracie? Gracie.